Welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. Family life can be crazy and chaotic, so join us as we figure it out together. Hello and welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast. My name is Alicia and I am your host for this episode. Now, in each episode of the Parent Ed Podcast, we will be tackling questions that parents are asking about family life, parenting, marriage, work life and more. We will be speaking with everyday parents and practitioners as they share with us their experience and practical ideas. We hope that you will keep on tuning in to learn with us and to grow personally in your journey as parents. Motherhood is a journey that is special yet different every time we experience it. How is motherhood similar or different each time we welcome a new child into the home? What are some new challenges, roles, and experiences that we need to navigate even as we welcome a new child into the family? Joining me for today's podcast is Jessica Bin, a mom of three young children under the age of eight. Guess what? Her youngest just turned one. Jessica is also an accredited facilitator in Focus on the Family Singapore's programs and chairs the programs committee. So welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast, Jessica, and thank you for joining us today. Say hi to our listeners and help us to get to know you and your family. Hi, Alicia. Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm Jessica. I currently work full-time as a public servant, and I'm mom to two boys and a girl. They are in primary two kindergarten one, and one year old. They've got very different personalities, and as you can imagine, different needs and different preferences uh, at these different ages of their life. It's a busy time, but it's also a whole lot of fun. Congratulations on being a mom the third time round, and this is our topic for today's podcast, isn't it? Motherhood, third time round. Now, on one hand, a mother who has just had her third child may feel more confident and experienced in caring for a newborn. She may have a better understanding of what to expect during pregnancy, labor and delivery, and as well as the postpartum period. Jessica, can you share with us your experience? How has motherhood been like for you the third time round? And is any of these things true? Well, some things were same, yet different. And maybe I will share two different categories that I've seen some of these similarities and differences. The first would be in the area of expectations. So as you said, having been pregnant twice before, having gone through the whole newborn baby phase twice before, I did indeed have a better idea of what to expect in terms of pregnancy, in terms of childbirth, in terms of the whole postpartum recovery period, and of course, the sleep deprivation. Though if I may add, nothing really prepares you for the lack of sleep. (laughs) I would say that also with every baby, the basic needs such as feeding, changing, sleep, they are also similar. So barring periods of illnesses or other unforeseen circumstances, it pretty much felt like a familiar routine, like we've been through this before. Also expectations in terms of roles in the house. My husband and I had also already figured out our parenting styles. So there were thankfully not many differences to sort out in terms of who does what and what we expect of each other. Wow, Jessica, sounds like you and your husband have got it all figured out. Can we just be curious, Jessica, and ask what were the first two weeks or even three weeks been like for you and your family when you received your third child back home? How was it different? 
now this time around compared with your first two? Do you remember? Part of it, I think I remember the good part. I think I've uh, very happily put aside deep down in the recesses of my memory the not-so-pleasant parts. I would say coming home from the hospital with my first child, we came home and there was nobody. Right, but this time I came home, the hospital was actually much quieter than whatever I had at home. I, I delivered in April and that was right smack in the middle of the school term. So on one hand, I had a newborn and, you know, feeding every three hours and also sleeping in short spurts. But I also had to keep myself awake and also entertain and engage my two older sons who were very happy when they came home from school. They rushed home to see Mimi and then they will chatter, chatter and tell me all sorts of anecdotes about their day. So I would say the sound levels and the energy and activity levels in the house were something that were vastly different. That sounds really fun. Coming home to now a very bustling household, full of life and joy and laughter. Can you give our listeners a quick hack at this moment, Jessica? How do you create a quiet, conducive environment for your daughter to nap when both of your two boys <laughs> are back and they can't wait to tell you what has happened in the course of their day from school? <laughs> well, I would say that there were many hushed whispers. So it starts from the moment they enter the home. If we preempt them coming home and we still pick them up from school at these ages so we know when an adult is coming home with them, there will be uh, an adult standing at the door and shh, Mimi is sleeping. You can tell me what you want to tell me, but let me bring you to a different part of the house. So, so that was one, moving them away. And I think for the baby also, uh, and I already practiced this for my second child. I would put a device playing music next to the cot and try my very best to close the room door. When all else fails, well, I guess there's always the next nap that the baby can take slightly earlier. So it's about being flexible and also not constraining the older kids so much because I was very conscious to make them not see Mimi as an inconvenience, but as an addition to our lives. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing not just some good hacks that parents out there can learn, redirecting our child to another corner of the home and maybe using some background music or white noise, right? But Jessica, I really agree with what you said about teaching our children to embrace the different changes that's happening in our home and especially for you and your husband, really desiring for your two sons to see that Maymay is a lovely addition to the family and to embrace her and to embrace all that comes along with it, right? So we're talking very much about family dynamics at this point. How have you and your husband been uh, managing the shifting family dynamics or any sort of sibling relations that you see surfacing? I know it's been one year, but can you share with our listeners what have you and your husband noticed and how you and your husband have sought to manage this in the home? So I would say that we've been pretty blessed. The sibling rivalry that you hear about in some families of the older kid hitting the baby, none of those were present in our homes. I like to think that it's because our older boys, well, the first and then the first two, are very loved um, and they are very assured of the love that we have for them. I think also the age difference between them helped. So our kids are about three and a half years apart each. And when I was pregnant with the next child, we would be very intentional about sharing with them what an addition to the family means, while also reassuring them that they are still special to us and that 
it is our heart that expands, not their part in my heart that shrinks. So I think there was that framing that was done with them. And of course, the Delta was easier from the second to the third because he had already shared his kokor with the parents from day one. Now, as we know, with every new pregnancy, with every time there's a new addition into the family, it's quite common that parents may find expectations within themselves shift and usually and hopefully for the better. How has that been like for you, Jessica, in terms of expectations for yourself as a mom, third time round? I would say that I saw my attitude shifting and my outlook also. So compared to eight years ago, I think I have grown somewhat. Let me explain how. As a first-time mom, I was very diligent about everything. The moment I knew I was pregnant, I bought the book, What to Expect When You're Expecting. And I read it from cover to cover. Even the part about the complications and even the contents page. I was also very comprehensive in reading up about the different types of bottles. We went through five different types of bottles before I settled on one that I liked. You know, just in terms of the milestones that a baby was supposed to hit, I knew what should happen, what the baby should do and when. And I contrast this to when I was pregnant with my third child. I didn't have time to read much. In fact, I gave the book away and I subscribed mainly to free emails which tell me what to expect. And now that she's out and over the past year, I found that sometimes I don't even open those emails until a month later when the milestone has been hit. To me, it's an interesting shift because as a person, I'm pretty meticulous. Um, So this has been me learning to go with the flow and just embracing whatever that comes my way and enjoying the children for who they are, wherever they are. So beautiful. I really like what you share about embracing the flow, going with it. And being present, being in the moment with our children. Now that you have three, I'm sure they occupy most of your moments, most of your waking moments, most of their waking (laughs) moments are spent with you as well. That's wonderful. Regarding the shift about expectations, what about priorities? Have you experienced any differences in terms of your priority management as a mom now compared to before? I would say that I am very intentional about my time. Now that I have to divide my time or what's left of my time apart from work and other commitments and I have to divide it amongst three people, I think I've been very intentional about how I spend my time when I'm with the children and when I'm not with the children. So that means um, putting aside certain distractions that I may find myself um, idling into maybe Um, And then when I'm with my children, I try to set aside my phone and give them my full attention so they can be assured that it's quality time, even if I'm not able to give them the quantity that they may hope for. Thank you for reminding our listeners. It is so important to be intentional when we're with our children because they can sense it. They can witness uh, us giving them our full presence and our smiles on our faces and our attention as well. And uh, thank you for also challenging us, all parents out there, that being a mom, maybe even more so a third-time mom, right, requires so much intentionality and discipline to really, you know, manage our priorities well. And with that comes a long time. And we are talking a a little bit here about this whole thing on priority management as well as time because we know that for a busy working mother like yourself, right, self-care is really important, isn't it? And actually for 
any mom to thrive in the longer term, this is actually a very critical component for us to be intentional to build in self-care. As a mother, the third time round, you may hear our friends telling you, hey, Jessica, you're officially outnumbered. Three is to one, right? Three precious children and a mom. Can you share with our listeners in terms of how do you cope being in that phase of your life where you are very stretched on your time and as you have already shared and alluded to earlier, the requirement and the need that you feel to be very intentional and to actually be very self-disciplined, right? Other than that, can you share with us some of the things that you're practicing that has been helpful for you from a perspective of self-care and how does that look like for you right now? So I operate from the principle that we cannot pour from an empty cup. And to me, this really means, well, this is what self-care looks like, right? It doesn't need to be a big fancy massage or a couple holiday away from the kids. Although I would definitely jump at the chance to enjoy those. For me, instead, it's about finding everyday accessible things which energize me. And being conscious about building that into my routine. This would look different from mom to mom. For me, I have identified over the years three things that energize me. One, a nice snack. Two, movement. I know it's a bit contradictory, um, the exercising and the eating, but that's what makes me tick. And three, social interaction with friends and with family, with other adults. Whether that is physical, ideally, if not, then virtually. I try to get all these three things in any single day, but if not, then at least one. Really good, Jessica. I like that you have been taking time to even uh, do a bit of reflection and kind of figure out for you along the way in your journey as a mom what has worked for you. Can you share any recent example of when you had to kind of put that into practice? These very good principles for us as parents to know. So just last week, my kids were down. There's an influencer bug going around. And between juggling the sick kids, between work, And between not feeling 100% myself, I was tired. And as the kids' fevers dragged on, I found that my mood got worse. I wasn't half as patient as I normally try to be. And I was short-fused and I snapped at them. And then I regretted it and then I overcompensated. And then I got more tired and then I snapped again. So one day I decided enough was enough. The kids were already fever-free by then, but they were not well enough to go to school. So early in the morning, I brought them out to the nearby mall. We ran an errand and I took the opportunity to buy myself a fancy cup of coffee, one that I would not normally do on a normal day. And then later that day, during my lunch break, because I was working from home, I managed to squeeze a workout in. I dragged my son to the gym with me. He sat in one corner and read his book. And even just 25 minutes of sweating it up made me feel so much better. And I found that my mood was really lifted and I was somehow inexplicably more patient with them the rest of the day. I really enjoy hearing you share your experience, Jessica. It tells us that when we make effort to apply the principles that we think were good for us, right? And we just need to experience it and to know that actually something as simple as a 25-minute exercise and with a child sitting at a corner can do wonders for us, can really refresh us, can really energize us. And I'm glad that you had that opportunity to practice self-care and it was also an opportunity for your children to witness how mommy needs her time. Mommy needs uh, her time out. Mommy needs to recharge herself. Wonderful. Alicia, I totally agree. And if I may add, I don't see self-care as selfish because it actually makes me a better mom and it benefits my children. So just taking that 30 minutes out 
makes me a better mom and it benefits my children. So they are no worse off from the 30 minutes, but so much better off. Jessica, how would you encourage other parents who are on this same journey of parenting as you? One of parenting multiple children, if they see that the experience that they are in a little bit of a struggle, maybe the season they're feeling low or down, trying to manage it. What words of encouragement would you like to offer to these parents? I think one thing we can take away is that we should not be afraid to ask for help when we need it. Um, and help might not come in the form of, please take my kids for the whole afternoon so I can have a long nap, do my housework, and then go out for coffee with my friends. Whatever is accessible to us can be whatever we take, even if it's just 30 minutes to catch a power nap or to just do something different from your normal day, whether that's making a cup of coffee and slowly sipping it when it's hot or taking a long shower, which is a luxury that moms generally do not have. And this help might not necessarily come in the form of, I mean, sometimes we don't have family members to help us, but I have friends who also have offered to take my children and I have offered to take theirs when we really need that time out. It's so good to hear that parents know that they can tap on supportive community and maybe understanding each other being in the same season together does help, right? And does help us to uh, feel more open about approaching for help because sometimes it can be challenging for some parents to seek help because they don't want to impose on others. They don't want to inconvenience another family whom they know is also going through the same thing as them. And I also like the very practical example you shared, Jessica, how if we manage to get to the end of our coffee or tea and it's still warm, that's quite a win for the day, isn't it? <laughs> it is, it is. Well, so much has been shared so far and we've talked about things like for a mother, even a third time round, sometimes it's so easy to still get caught up in the idea of being a perfect mother, but it's essential to remember that nobody is perfect. So the need to adjust and set more realistic expectations, even being a mom third time round. And then we went on to speak about practical management of our time as well as our priority with multiple children, it is important to not just manage our time, but actually it requires a lot of intentionality to be present with our children, to honour them because they can see that. And it requires us to practice self-discipline as well. So it's really challenging to be a mom, isn't it, in today's age. Lastly, Jessica, we spoke about the need to prioritize self-care, so important because we want our children to get the best and to receive the best from us as mothers. Uh, if we are not rested or if we are struggling something. And then the last thing that we want is to present that side of us to our children. So really love the examples that you shared, how you recognize that that moment you need to take it for yourself and you allow your children to witness that. They saw you exercising in the gym while you were reading his book, isn't it? And they saw that mom is taking care of herself. And after that, I get a mom who is even more ready and in a better position to engage with me and to be so present with me. And my mom is a lot more patient and that's great. And lastly, Jessica, you shared with us the importance of creating a support system for us and to look out for those around us in our community who may need help. Was there anything that you wanted to add on to these things that we spoke above? Just on the support system point, more than just offering physical help, as important as that may be, there is also the emotional support of just knowing that there are people going through the same things as you are, to exchange tips, to exchange lobang, but also just to hear each other out on a day that you have struggled with your kids. Not to pass judgment, but just to put an arm around the shoulder, whether physically or virtually, 
to say they're there tomorrow will be a better day. I think that's something that I have come to appreciate around me. Jessica, thank you so much for sharing with us your motherhood journey. Now, before we let you go, would you take some time to maybe share some words of encouragement or your parting words to all the moms out there listening into this podcast? And maybe especially one for mothers of multiple children, perhaps? So there are two that I remind myself. One is after a particularly difficult day, I remind myself, this too shall pass. The other one that I hold dear to me and which I've come to see is true, also because my oldest is already eight, is that the days are long, but the years are short. Sometimes I look at him and I wonder where did my baby go? You know, he was the the baby that made me a mom. And now he says, bye mom, I'm headed to the playground and he just disappears like that. So it really hit home to me that sometimes I might feel like I am running at 100 kilometers per hour and have so many things to do, so many needs to meet. But then I realize and I think about how one day I might have time to savor my slow coffee. I might have time to exercise for two hours. I might be able to go for a long high tea with my friends. And that day might be a day that I might miss having little ones clamoring for my attention of wiping somebody's bum after they've used the toilet. So that helps me to just put into perspective that life consists of different seasons and I should cherish the one that I'm in right now. There you go, mums and everyone else tuning in. We hope you've benefited just as I have in today's episode on mothering and the different challenges and seasons at each stage of the journey. We hope you will share this podcast with a friend or with a mom who may gain and feel encouraged from this episode as well. Now, if you'd like to check out more parenting resources, do visit our website at family.org.sg. We hope you will keep tuning in to the Parent Ed Podcast to learn and to grow in your parenting journey with us. So until next time, have a great week with your family.